All right, let's get it, man. Round two for the night. Sunday night heat continues. Let's get it. This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. Trump, but 
they've also made a little more of that than there is. I think he's a man of a certain era who, uh, yes, definitely has racist inclinations. Um, and <laughs> the same person, guys, <clears throat> in Jersey drew the back once again. Um, the same guy, Bill Maher who says that Trump has racist inclinations is the same Bill Maher that considered himself a house nigger on national television. This is the so-called liberal pointing out the racist conservative. Keep that narrative in mind. It certainly has said some things, but like that thing about, if you really look at what he said uh, with the, uh, there are good people on both sides, he did. They just again. Like, I'm the least of a fan of Donald Trump as there is in this country. I've said the most ridiculously horrible things about him, and I'm proud of it. But don't gaslight me. Is what I like. You don't have to guilt. And see, you can't. You can't choose when to sit on the fence, Bill Maher. There's people that look at you as a liar, as a hypocrite. Who gives a fuck what you think about Trump? Who the fuck are you? You're just another liberal doing what you are told, regardless of what age and experience you have. You are the limousine liberal that I talk about a lot. You have no connection to everyday people. So to live, and this is the hive mind that these liberals are used to. Bill Maher is the higher up, so you better listen to him. Look at the difference in media in terms of left wing and right wing. And trust me, I don't consider myself a right winger. But if I had to choose a side, I would side more with the right. You got guys like Bill Maher. Whenever he wants to, he'll talk about politics. He'll talk about politics in the most ignorant, liberal, hive minded way possible. It was not until about five months ago, or if we really want to be honest, more or less a year or so ago, to where Bill Maher started to wit- to realize what was going on under this presidency, to where he was able to slightly turn on Biden while still having his allegiance with the Trump derangement syndrome squadron of low tier, low testosterone, no balls having men who aren't really speaking, they're not speaking from their opinions. They're speaking on the next person's opinions. They mimic each other. They're parroting each other every chance they get. And while parroting each other, they become a parody of one another. Lily. And, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, no, like on that, if you look at that, it's unnecessary to make the case on that. Like, there are good people on both sides. It's like very soon after he did explicitly condemn the Nazis and the Klan and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen tapes put together where he has explicitly said, I disavow. First of all, before we play that music, he's been saying this for the past 20 something years. He disavowed the KKK. He disavowed David uh, David Duke. I think David Duke is his name. One of the leaders, of the, uh, one of the former leaders of the Ku Klux Klan. I figure if a lot of you black people can forgive somebody like Robert Byrd, the same person who died was the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, where in his eulogy, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Hussein Obama, and Michelle Obama, Joe Biden, and Jill Biden were all there. So David Duke 
former, uh, one of the former leaders of the Klan, no longer a leader. I believe he's written several books. I know of this man because of guys like Tommy Sotomayor. Shout out to him. He was brave enough. I think this was like 2014. He had a two hour. Well, actually, it was 2016. He had, I think, a two hour uh, interview with David Duke, former uh, white knight, whatever they call them, whatever them Ku Klux Klan niggas is called. Them white niggas, white degenerates. Um, <clears throat> and it was an interesting conversation because it was predictable in terms of where. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but let me explain something. The so-called like white supremacist today, black people are at, are at such a low level to them in priority. They put Jewish people over black people. <clears throat> We're talking about white supremacists, by the way. And this is throughout history, the Nazis, the concentration camps, you name it. It's just been carried on. That's why evil manifests itself. When we look back into history, we see the Nazis. We've seen the concentration camps. We've seen bodies stacked on top of one another. We've seen horrendous pictures and videos of people being carried out and just placed on top of one another. Bodies up to 50 stacked on top of each other. The bodies that before they burned them. We see those things and we would say to ourselves, how can humanity be so evil? But we don't realize that the spirit within us is capable of that much chaos, destruction and, 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 and genocide. We are capable of being the Hitler. We are capable of being the Mussolini. We are capable of being that because we are all human beings. The lack of humanity is still of humanity. Men, most men and women today have no spirituality. They have no knowledge of self. So they have no identity. So they seek that identity from other people. And the thing about Trump standing up against the Ku Klux Klan, and I didn't even get started into the topic that we're getting into yet. I didn't even get to the next song. But the point I'm making is Trump has been pretty much denying personally going against white supremacy from the beginning. If you don't believe me, look up Donald Trump's dealings with a Jesse Jackson. Look at Donald Trump's dealings with an Al Sharpton at one point. And then ask yourself this one question. If the so-called racist was generally racist, why was he around so many high level blacks taking pictures, signing deals, doing businesses, signing checks, giving loans? There is evidence that Trump has helped out more black people than any former president. And he might be in the same category as Abraham Lincoln. And I stand on that. But anyway, let's get into this next instrumental before we get shit officially started. We got this Tucker Carlson video to go through uh, from Benny Johnson. It's going to get spicy, but uh, let's do some preparations before we get started. Thank <laughs> you. 
11 p.m. on the dot. 11 p.m. on the dot. I just got done doing a two-hour episode. I am doing about at least an hour episode now for the sake of it still being Sunday. The Crimson Capsule Chapel. This is Sunday Night Heat. You know what I mean? We need to build a wall. (laughs) Jersey Judah and I'm back. Sunday Night Heat Part 2. Another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. And as promised, I'm on a roll. Just realize, man, this weekend has went, came and gone, man. Tomorrow's already Monday. Most of us don't got to go to work, but we still got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and now for me, Friday. But it's all good because technically I'll still be working four days this week, this upcoming week. Like I've been working last week. But after that, it's it's back to fall, back to school, back to the shenanigans, back to the fuckery, back to the fuckery. All right. But uh, we got we got fuckery. And I did a part two of Sunday Night Heat for a reason because I still had shit I wanted to talk about. Plus, it's still nightfall, so I had hit my cousin up to see if he was around, you know, because if he's around, then I can, you know, get something done with him tonight, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I had a lot of things that I'm going to go over regardless. Um, We got the Tucker Carlson video from uh, Benny Johnson. We're going to keep this political, heavily based, all right, maggot out, okay? Tucker exposes CIA agents on air right now at CNN. Operation Markenbird is real. Wow. It's a lot. It's a short video, but it's a lot packed in. What I will tell you is this. The same way that Bill Maher talks about Trump is the same way that mainstream media talks about Trump. If you ever pay attention, Mockingbird, it speaks for itself. Do you understand what I mean? It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. 
there are people who are almost in a position to where they are paid to give people falsified information, disinformation, misinformation, however you want to put it, to distract people from what's really going on. The same talking points of Bill Maher is the same talking points of whoever's on CNN right now. And that's a fact. You don't have to be a listener of CNN to know exactly what's going on on CNN. But Tucker out here putting his life in jeopardy. I don't know what's wrong with these whites, man. These white people are on another level. And I say that in a good way. I look at Tucker Carlson as an ally. I don't look at him as a as the opposition, as most people of color do. So I'm able to separate feelings from facts, regardless of how a person says something. If they're saying something informative, you should be paying attention, regardless of what color they are. But then that goes into blacks and uh, uh, identity politics, and we're siding with Obama because he's black, no matter what. And I don't know, man, that's just not, it's not my cup of tea, but let's get into it. Benny Johnson, shout out to Benny Johnson, heavily based, heavily based, heavily informed, uh, right wing, radical Republican, Trump supporter, radical, radical, white, radical, conservative, conservative, radical. I'm just going to say radical and conservative this whole episode, conservative, radical, white, you know what I mean? Let's jump into it. <laughs> Conservative radical. Covert operations. If a committee puts out a report which refers to an activity which leaves out the name of a country or individual concern, but gives enough evidence for any amateur sleuth to identify it beyond a shadow of a doubt in times for its identification to be carried with the news stories of the report itself. That is the... Right, but you believe you're consistent with the statutes, but there isn't any statute that prohibits your interception of domestic communications. I believe that's correct. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Benny. So we like to separate fact from fiction on this show. However, it is becoming really hard these days because the conspiracy theorists are really rolling up the scoreboard, running up the numbers against the people who like to stick to the official narratives. And who creates those official narratives? Well, our intel agencies, says Tucker Carlson, in confirmation that Operation Mockingbird is still going. Well, what is Operation Mockingbird? Operation Mockingbird is the CIA planting agents or assets inside of news companies in order to push propaganda on the American people. Propaganda like Hunter Biden's laptops, Russian disinformation. Propaganda like Russia stole the 2016 election. Propaganda like stay home, stay safe. Yes, these people want to control your lives and they use the media and journalists and the corporate press in order to do that. And they have for your entire lifetime and my entire lifetime. Tucker Carlson, who's worked at these corporate media outlets, says so in an interview that just dropped. Take on a, a Wolf Blitzer type, because <laughs> whenever I, <laughs> I you know, take a close look at his history, actually. I, I'm always uh, like, why would he do this? Why would he say a bunch of stuff he doesn't believe or he must know is untrue? Like what? He sat there as this sort of elder statesman of news and just sort of lied right through through COVID and, and many other subjects. Why would he do that? Why would he do it to his legacy? Um, and shout out, shout out to Adam Carolla. 
I was always a fan of Adam Carolla, even though I don't listen to his podcast, more or less. And the reason why I say this is he came up in the entertainment world where it was almost for a short period of time before censorship and cancel culture came in. He was a part of the man show with Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel had a show on Comedy Central called Man Show, and it was everything that women today would... I, and I'm not saying this to bash either Jimmy Kimmel, even though I'm definitely not a fan of him, or Adam Carolla, who I am actually a fan of and supporter of. What I'm saying is... They had bitches jumping on trampolines, titties jump bouncing and shit. They had women flashing the camera, although they would blink it out. That was edgy at the time. And they were a part of it. And both of them were a part of it. And when you look at Jimmy Kimmel today, he's a typical limousine liberal. He's Hollywood. He has no connection to people outside of his realm. And then you have guys like Adam Carolla, who was on the same show as Jimmy Kimmel, completely different belief in politics and really carried himself the right way moving forward. He he doesn't shy away from the shit that he did. He's just more direct with what he's doing currently. Some people will always be stuck in the past. Even a person that's doing good, they're trying to, if a person's doing great and they're trying to outperform somebody else, they'll never seek fulfillment. Because even if you outdo the next man, then you're still going to compete with anything else outside of yourself. So I think with Jimmy Kimmel, and the reason I mentioned this is because just the dynamic of Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla, which at the time I remember growing up watching the man show and was really I thought it was funny. By the way, if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, you've mentioned, you've heard me mention, I should say, uh, Jimmy Kimmel putting on blackface and acting like Carl Malone, playing the slow black stereotype. At that time, that was funny. There was no rules then. There was no cancel culture. Today, if they were to do that, they would be considered white supremacists and racists. For the sake of comedy, by the way, but still white supremacists and racists. You know, I worked with Wolf for years, never had a problem with him. Um, it's always nice. Uh, you know, the, and no one wants to hear it. And I'm sure most people won't believe it. But I can tell you, having lived it for many years, it's true. Uh, the intel agencies have a big effect on what is broadcast on television. And what you see on Facebook and Google as well. I mean, they're look, all look, up and look, down. Look, let's start with the fundamentals, sir. Tucker Carlson, let's start with the fundamentals. Movies have FBI warnings and all these. What do you think? How deep of of a control can an agency have to where they can dictate what films can be displayed and what films can't be? This has been CIA, FBI territory for many decades. This is nothing new for those that know. But they've had control over things being put on television for years, decades Facebook and Google, as I'm sure you know. And, um, you know, there are a lot of anchors who, including people I know well and have worked with, 
at different networks. I'm thinking of one in particular, a national security reporter, who was just a mouthpiece for the Pentagon and the CIA and is knowingly telling lies on their behalf. That's very, very common, very common. And I can think of a number of people at CNN who I know for a fact are doing that exact thing. Okay, so just stop for a second. Tucker Carlson, who used to have a hit show at CNN, back when CNN tried at least remotely to be balanced, Tucker Carlson uh, angered Crossfire, which was like... How many of you guys remember that? Now, I do recognize the face now that they mention it, because I think Tucker Carlson had like more hair at the time when he was on CNN. And I do remember a point, I wouldn't say it was a time period, but it was a point where CNN was trying to be more moderate, but it just didn't work out. They went nuts over Hillary. They went nuts over Obama. And they're going insane over Biden. Biggest show in the country. Tucker Carlson knows the staff at CNN. He knows them very, very well. The staff at CNN are obsessed with Tucker Carlson. The news gathering circles in Washington, D.C. are incredibly small and getting much smaller these days as corporate news fires their reporters. And so Tucker Carlson knows these people and all but confirmed that Operation Mockingbird effectively runs CNN, that the CIA and the intel agencies run CNN. So important. Keep listening. And so, I mean, they're reading government propaganda from the intel agencies knowingly. And I'm sure they've got some internal rationale that allows them to get up in the morning and face themselves despite having done something that dishonest. But I'm just telling you, bottom line, I know that is is true. I'm not speculating at all. Um, And in particular on the national security stuff, there are very well-known national security reporters. And I'm thinking of one female national security reporter in particular, who just reads lies from the national security state. And it's wildly frustrating. And it would just make me mad. I mean, even if I don't agree with the lies, okay, but even if I did agree with the lies, I would be offended because they're lies. They're lies. Like when, you know, when CIA and the Pentagon were claiming that Bashar al-Assad used poison gas against his own people, okay, there was, there was no evidence that was true. I mean, maybe it was true. There was no evidence it was true. None. Zero. And I called them out and they could not provide any evidence. And yet every national security, and it was a big deal. I mean, we killed a lot of people in response. We sent in missiles and killed a lot of people. We took human. I mean, if we're going to go this far into this, we still have a conversation of 9-11 to talk about. You know, the weapons of mass destruction is one of the biggest gimmicks that this country ever had that propagated so many invasions of certain countries. We don't want to talk about that because we would then have to acknowledge that the president at that time, George W. Bush, people like Colin Powell, people like Condoleezza Rice and all the other people within that administration at that time really lied to the people purposely to get people riled up to get people wanting it revenge on whatever country that they're willing to find out who's responsible. And in return, we've turned Osama bin Laden. Well, no, we turned uh, the weapons of mass destruction into the hunt for Saddam Hussein for George H.W. Bush's beef that he had. His son was able to execute him and end things off. 
And then they flushed uh, uh, Osama bin Laden down the fucking river, uh, allegedly. We don't know that for sure. Let's just be honest. At least for things like, and and this is where you got to pay attention and question things. They had a public execution for somebody like Saddam Hussein. But they didn't have any evidence that Osama bin Laden was taken care of. And by the way, all of this is to reflect from 9-11. This wasn't to reflect from any other situation. If 9-11 would have never happened, we would probably have never heard from Osama bin Laden again. And fucking Saddam Hussein would have been wherever the fuck he's at dictating. But they almost needed this. They needed that event to take place so they can implement the things that they implemented. The fear chart, a.k.a. the alert chart. Oh, we're at level red right now. We should stay in the house. If you're in New York City, stay in the house. Sounds familiar. It sounds sounds like what happened three years ago. Mass mandation, stay in the house. Quarantine, stay in the house. Do what we tell you life in response to that claim. And it was, as far as I can tell, a lie. And every national security reporter, every channel repeated it uncritically. The Biden administration blew up Nord Stream and, you know, created the largest act of industrial sabotage in history, the largest man-made CO2 emission in history in environmental crime. This is a huge deal this happened. And every national security reporter just looked right into the camera and said, well, we think Russia did it. Well, they knew Russia didn't do it. That's a lie. And they knew it was a lie. So I I just think, and again, I'm not speculating. I spent my life in this business, so I've seen it. People underestimate the degree to which the people sitting on the news, possibly even Wolf Blitzer, are are repeating talking points from the intel agencies and doing it on purpose. It's scary, man. Really scary. Scary, man, says Tucker Carlson. I'd... I simply use Wikipedia to bring forth these sources to you. I have a damning video that you're going to want to see. In a 1973 document called The Family Jewels, published by the CIA, containing a reference to Project Mockingbird, Hmm. which was the name of an operation in 1963, which wiretapped journalists and had publishers publish articles. Ladies and gentlemen, in the church committee which was the last time the United States government decided to surveil and look into the operations of the CIA, they uncovered that the CIA was in fact paying personalities in print, in TV, this was in the 1970s, so you didn't have the internet yet, and in the newswire service. And then some of the heads of the news services like CBS straight up admit to it. Watch. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal. We do have people who submit pieces to other two American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA (laughs) who are working for television networks. This, I think, gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details, Mr. Chairman, that I'd like to get into an executive session. In other words, yes. 
But under certain circumstances, I would rather not explain it at the moment. That's what he pretty much said. Yep. And what did they say? This was the 60s or the 70s? Come on, man. Use your fucking brains. If they were using the government then, what the fuck you think they're using today? When you think of black entertainment and you see the same stereotypical bullshit, you got to ask yourself, who's in control of the narrative? Because these people aren't writing their own scripts. They're not writing their own movies. You're seeing the talent starting to be displayed with guys like Mel Gibson, Mark Wahlberg, and they're directing and doing their own movies. You're starting to see that more. But most of the time, man, these people are doing whatever the people want them to do. The people, the man, the G-men, whatever government is involved. Come on. Then you can look at the violence in films. Well, if the federal government has their hands into that, what does that ultimately mean? What does that really mean in terms of what are they allowing to take place? What agendas or what propaganda are they putting in films? Okay, this is this goes for a lot of the guys who are checking out the foreshadowing videos of 9-11. Um, there was a lot of subliminal messaging in movies that would that would almost prepare a person for such terroristic attacks. I, I believe even in the Rugrats movie, they, there was a plane that they're flying and they almost hit the World Trade Center, but instead of hitting it, they, they go up and end up going over the towers. You had a lot of movies that involved... I don't even want to get into that. Based. At CBS, uh, we... Uh had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became... CBS. CBS. Y'all know CBS, right? Y'all know the logo of CBS? Do y'all know the All-CNI and how they view that symbol? And, of course, the federal government would have something to do with the All-CNI logo having CBS... It was in public affairs operation in 1954. Ships had been established, and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in executive session. So everything he's saying, he's asking, he's pretty much saying yes, but he's uncomfortable with saying yes. Can we just can we agree with that? Okay, cool. All right. So now we have video from decades ago proving something that most people already know. And the reason I say this is this, even at that particular time, back in the day, they had got like, look, they're not telling the truth. (coughs) Like the government's participation in media is not them informing them on what's really happening. It's giving them a bunch of falsified information. It may be something that's actually going on, but they add so much unnecessary detail 
that it becomes faulty. So none of the information that these uh, alleged federal agents were given were anything accurate. It was a distraction. And this has been a plan for many moons. Senator, do you think that you named the new uh, that remains to be decided. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of uh, CIA agent ch uh, chiefs uh, of station and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful about it. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Tucker Carlson straight up saying that that is still operational 50 years later. Of course, our politicians are cowards. They didn't do anything to stop this, and so now we must live inside of this PSYOP state that has total and complete control in order to manipulate the masses, uh, which is why we would do the work every single day waking people up on this channel. Tucker Carlson saying the CIA is knowingly telling lies to journalists who repeat them unquestioningly, and we'll never know why. Although, I mean, the video, that video is more of an eye-opening experience to get the insight from back then in the 70s, they were implementing this. So if it happened in the 70s, this was nothing new. This was probably happening in the 40s. As long as they had the press, as long as they had a paper to sell, they had news. Wherever they got their sources from is whatever sources that they're using to fill that newspaper. And at a time where that was the only source of media and information outside of radio or even <laughs> even before radios, you're getting columns, you're getting you're getting newspaper articles to know about what's going on. If you had a government, even at that time, putting together fake news, that's something big. That's proven that the country was lied to from the very beginning. The common man, the working class man, was lied to by the higher ups, the elites, the establishment. Tucker Carlson, the people in D.C. are stupid. I wouldn't let Fauci give my wife a pedicure. <laughs> yeah, gross. Can you imagine something worse than Dr. Fauci touching your wife or you with a needle or anything? He living next to my brother. Um, who I'm really close to, uh, my best friend, and and now we live together again in another state. And so I spent my whole life with my brother, and he spent like me his whole life in Washington. So, um, you know, from the from high school on, and we go for a walk every single morning with seven dogs, and we climb this mountain every single morning, and we always talk about Washington, you know, our where we spend our lives. And we have no respect for the people who live there. We don't think they're smart. Both of us think they're stupid. And we don't think that because we saw it on the Internet. We think that because we live next to them for 35 years. I I mean, that that would make sense. Sure. That would be like if you look at Trump, for example, right? Trump's not supposed to be the guy that he is today. And I've said this. Trump has said this himself. 
I mean, he could have just said, fuck it, I'm sending this one out. Best of luck. He has enough resources to move out of the country. Worst comes to worst, to be realistic. But he decides, you know what? I want the responsibility. Right? Realistically, he's supposed to be one of the snobby guys in New York in his personal building, his tower somewhere dictating somebody else. That's that's where Trump should be at. But because the liberals and the Democrats fucked up, they made a person who was supposed to be the bad guy, the good guy. And they didn't do anything magical. They didn't do any spells. They didn't cast any demons. They just were hypocritical enough to politically shoot themselves in the foot and then blame the people who made the gun rather than their stupidity to shoot themselves in the foot. (laughs) So if you're around people, it's like, it's like there's black folks, right? It's some of us, we grow up in rougher neighborhoods, right? But we don't we don't participate in making the environment rough. We're just products of the environment. We don't we don't participate in the destruction of our communities. We're just there. We're not advocates. We're not leaders. I don't give a fuck about a black community. I care about my peace of mind. My peace of mind is outside of the black community. My character my spirit is outside of the black community. It's beyond it. Wherever I go, it's with me. I don't lose nothing but only gain perspective at the end. No respect for them at all. Nothing they have done works. They should not be in charge. They're not worthy of it. They're too stupid, actually. So, like, it's just so funny. The, the conceit that they're smart, what do they call themselves? I'm a wonk. <laughs> I'm smart. They've never read a freaking book. I mean, these are like truly dumb people. And somehow they put them into thinking they're experts in something. Like, I literally wouldn't hire Anthony Fauci to do anything other than apply for government grants. That's the only thing he's good at. I would not hire him to run a business. I would not hire him to cure my cold. I wouldn't have him give my wife a pedicure. He's not qualified. Like, these people are not impressive. That's the actual truth. Yeah. Mm. Well, these people are terrified about what Tucker Carlson is about to do to them. Chadwick Moore, who is the official biographer of Tucker Carlson, saying effectively that Tucker's next big interview is going to be with a man named Larry Sinclair, somebody who had all the all the press and Tucker Carlson in his corporate media shackles were not allowed to interview because Larry Sinclair has very detailed sworn affidavit and lawyered up allegations <laughs> against Barack Obama. Uh Let's just call it uh, sexual encounters with Barack Obama, uh, which also include uh, drug paraphernalia and so on and so forth. And then Larry Sinclair, of course, was persecuted by the by the Biden family for these revelations because Joe was on the ticket. Oh, man, that's going to be juicy. Spicy. Tucker Carlson again saying that they were going to stop at nothing from assassinating uh, effectively Donald Trump. 
if you begin with criticism, then you go to protest, then you go to impeachment, now you go to indictment, and none of them work, what's next? Graph it out. We're... I, I think that there's propaganda in that statement, so I, I won't I won't piggyback that. Because that's something I won't want. I wouldn't want that to happen. But this is also similar to what uh, Andrew Tate had said about you get like three chances, you get three lives, right? And the, the one life that they destroy first is your productivity or your way of income. So they'll cancel you. And if canceling you doesn't work, or no, they'll 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 warn you first. They'll give you a warning. They'll say, "Hey, man, you're going uh, above and beyond, and we need you to tone down." And if they and if you go, eh, "Fuck y'all," I do what I want. Fuck y'all. Then they'll then they'll go. They'll cancel you, right? They'll get you out. While canceling you, they'll come back to you in a little bit and, and ask you, you learn your lesson? And you're supposed to go, yeah, yeah. They'll give you your shit back. But it all comes at a cost. Remember that. You'll pretty much be neutered. You'll you'll lose your manhood. Anything that you say offensive, they'll be right at your door, right? Ready to tax you, ready to find you, ready to cancel you. So you reach that point and then you go even further and say, man, fuck these people. You double down. Oh, you know how Andrew Tate was, you know, the Matrix this, the Matrix that. Okay. You didn't listen. All right. So not only are they going to cancel you, they're going to drag your name through the mud. They're going to make you seem like a criminal, a villain. They'll have documentaries about you. They'll have fucking retarded, mindless, non-productive bitches talk about you 24-7 and paint you as toxic masculinity. And if that doesn't work, well, you can ask Andrew Tate about that within his incarceration and him being locked up for the time that he was locked up. Now, if he goes above and beyond at this point, yeah, they might try to do something worse to him. Do I think oh, Trump? Do I think Trump is in risk? Yes, I've talked about this for the past three years. I choose not to talk about it much because it actually seems more frighteningly possible than it was three years ago. Because here you got all of the mental, psychological, and emotional gymnastics that the left is performing on Donald J. Trump, and he is not budging. He's gaining popularity. He's gaining support in the black community. And he is an unstoppable force. And he is a president worthy for me and my vote. I don't give a fuck about what the next person thinks. Hell, even if you support Trump, it don't make a difference to me because I'm still going to support Trump regardless. I refuse to have a nigga that has no education, a nigga that has no has has zero experience of this conversation to tell me what I should vote for and who I should support. And that goes to the white liberals as well. All y'all niggas can kiss my ass respectfully. Because see, I realize by myself, 
I'm more I'm more of a problem than with somebody else. When I'm with somebody else, it's like I almost have to tone down who I am and what I'm about for the other person to feel comfortable and like, oh, man, this guy's off the hook. When I'm by myself, I'm a dangerous, unstoppable force. I don't need an army of people. Never did, never, never will. Because see, my war, the war that I'm the war that I'm participating in, it's beyond race. It's beyond religion. It's beyond anything that most human beings can imagine with all of the debauchery, all of the filth, all of the corruption, all of the treason going on with 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 politicians. This war is beyond race. It's between right and wrong. And in some cases, it's between right or left. 51 fucking minutes in. I'm not going to end this on a short note. We're going on YouTube. You guys already know. It's uh, 11.37. Might go until midnight. Might not. I don't know. I hate when um, you open up YouTube, right? And you may have never been on. Oh, how about this? What's wrong with men? Men no longer attend singles events. We already went through that, I think. No. No, this is another video. Latest juice. Yeah, let's go through it. Fuck it. Latest juice. We're going to skip a Bumble ad. Matter of fact. Oh, man, I thought she was talking. I wanted to play that Bumble ad. TikTok ad. How about that? You want to make a donut ice cream sandwich? Do it here. Now, here's the million dollar question. That looks disgusting. That literally looks like a bagel. This bitch took a she took she took a donut. And this is just random. It just bothers me. Why is that even an ad? These fucking people. The bitch took a donut, cut a donut, not in half, but you know what I mean. Like almost how a bagel is cut. And put ice cream in the middle of it, closed it, put sprinkles around it, and that's the premises of the video. This is an ad for TikTok. Meaningless, mindless, just like TikTok. I do not have sympathy for you <laughs> chicks, yeah. When you get old. Hold up, hold on, go back. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Would you get into a relationship with a woman that was over the age of 35 that wanted kids oh, and knowing this is a possibility? Uh -huh. No, we don't take baby moms around here. I do not have sympathy for you <laughs> chicks, yeah. When you get old. You hit the wall and then you start complaining. Oh, where's all the good men the gone? Wall. Bruh, you had the good men, they're in your friend zone, in your best years, bro. You chasing bad boys and, and drug dealers and rappers and YouTubers and all of these kind of people. Bruh, at the end of the day, you only got yourself to blame, fam. And then boom, like your, your, your options have dried up and you've dried up as well. I think that all girls want a guy that other women want. I don't think there's a single girl that wants a guy that nobody wants. That's true. Only 20% of men really get to pick. So if you choose to go off your top 20% guy and he cheats, sorry, don't really feel bad. Listen, you pick, you pick, you want him to be over six foot, you want him to make money, you want him to be attractive, you want him also to be obsessed with you. It's like, we've been sold a dream, a Disney fairy tale, shit, that's not right. Well, at least she's saying we, she's not saying that, 
Because look, the problem with Pearl Davis is the problem with most women in her position. You are telling women that they're doing things wrong. But then if a woman asks what your situation is, you'll get offended. That would be like any any PUA, any peasant pickup artist. They talk about bagging bitches going to Wendy's, bagging bitches at the Taco Bell, bagging bitches at the gym, bagging bitches at the grocery store while you're bagging your items. All types of shit they'll, they'll bring up, right? But then if a person goes up to them and goes, well, where's the hose at, man? You were talking about having this bitch, that bitch. They'll get offended. Like, oh, man, why are you worrying about me? Because all you're doing is talking about your situation. <gasps> Excuse me. <clears throat> the women who sit back and talk about what women need to be doing and why women are in the situation they're in. She could be 100 percent right and be in the same exact position she could be in the same standing. She could be worse off than the women she's talking about. And she would have no idea because she has no self-awareness. For real. Hello there. Welcome back to Latest Juice. Women getting free at singles events and can enjoy unlimited drinks without any cost. While men are required to pay money and may need to sacrifice a limb to be allowed entry. It's not surprising that many guys avoid such events where they perceive women to have a negative attitude and instead... They prefer focusing on their lives, saving money, pursuing their goals, and making sensible decisions. An Irish blind date event for singles was recently canceled due to the lack of male attendees, <laughs> despite a considerable number of women showing up. <laughs> yo, them niggas, yo, them Irish niggas said, fuck it, I'm going to choose this bottle over a bitch. I'll take this bottle of bourbon over abroad. That's some, some Irish niggas. They're like, man, fuck this shit. What the? <laughs> Not a single man participated. Ooh. The reason behind this absence of men at singles events is simple. These gatherings are where leftover women end up. Leftoids. Men nowadays have similar thoughts, though to a lesser extent, about some online dating platforms. When attending singles events, it becomes apparent that most, if not all women, seem to be exclusively interested in pursuing one attractive guy, often referred to as Chad. Chud. Consequently, <laughs> they tend to overlook. Chud. Oh God, I can't. Oh, I love it. <coughs> oh my God. Chud. They call them Chud. <laughs> Shut. Overlook, overlook the other men present at the event. Shut. In some instances, we've observed situations where women were solely focused on this desirable man. And once he left, they virtually ignored all the other men for the rest of the night. Alpha Widow 101. Engaging only with each other. Men attempted to initiate conversations with some of the women, but they promptly walked away. The following day, on the Facebook page that organized the event, one woman had the audacity to complain about the lack of guys, claiming there were plenty in attendance. However, she seemed to disregard the fact that she and others had fixated solely on finding a particular type of man, which limited their options. 
As one starts eliminating potential partners based on various criteria like tattoos, piercings, hair color, clothing choices, aggressive attitudes, etc., there are fewer women left to choose from if someone is seeking a serious relationship. Consequently, some men opt for casual hookups, a situation that some women complain about as men may not invest much time or effort in these. The funny thing is they complain so much about it, but they're the ones to initiate it. Women are the gatekeepers of sex. Men are the gatekeepers of relationships. That still stands. That being said, if a woman's uncomfortable with just having sex and sleeping around, she wouldn't be having sex and sleeping around. But it's the guys she's having sex and sleeping around with that changes the dynamic for the woman. If she's sleeping with a bunch of middle-aged average overweight men it's not a flex for her right but if she can sleep with a man that has his own business that has his own shit that's a flex for a woman today whether she's with that man within the next week or the next year to some extent it doesn't matter brief encounters nowadays Men often choose not to engage in dating events or situations due to the hassle involved and the limited rewards. Instead, they focus on enjoying their lives, saving money, working towards their goals, and making thoughtful decisions. As a result, fewer men are drawn to singles events where they feel unappreciated and ignored, while they witness other men enjoying fulfilling lives. It's important to note the types of women attending these events. A significant portion consists of divorcees, single mothers, or overweight women. Interestingly, such categorizations are accurate or fair representations of all the participants. Only a man with questionable judgment would consider being in a relationship with any of these women. The statistics show that around 70% of second marriages end in failure, and it's likely that many men who attend singles events have also experienced divorce. Single mothers, being part of the event's demographic, can be perceived as a significant warning sign. Additionally, I mean, you can pretty much guarantee a singles event is going. And look, this ain't me. Like I had to say this in the last episode. This ain't me putting down single mothers. It's just me being honest. You go into a, a, a singles event. <coughs> at this point going forward, you can easily consider close to 50% of the women there single mothers. That's why they're there. That's a reality. The guys who show up to these events, they got to understand that that's a strong possibility. Just saying. Overweight women are generally not preferred. Mm. With all these factors, one might wonder who is left as a potential partner at such events. The answer is hardly anyone. It's worth noting that some single mothers even bring their children along to these gatherings, perhaps hoping to find men willing to support them and their kids. God damn. How sad is that? You're going to a singles event with your child? Rough. Men often avoid singles events because they feel marginalized and unimportant. Men are not treated as equal citizens in such settings. I mean, can we honestly agree that the way that, and this is going to sound crazy, but I want y'all to walk with me, ride with me for a bit. 
the way that men would look at pornography. <coughs> and what I mean is with pornography, you don't you don't just watch porn. You don't just watch whatever's there. You have a preference, right? You know, you might you might want bitches with tattoos. You might want trashy bitches. Um, you might want you might want lesbian porn, right? There's there's variety, right? And you're specific. You're very, you know, you are very precise with what you want to view. This is how women view men in these singles events. It's a meat market. But the difference is rather than the men just being a piece of meat, they're just a piece of resource. So whatever the man has, the woman wants. In porn, the man has his preference. He searches with what he wants to watch. He watches it. That's it. Women, they go to these singles events, some of them being single mothers, and they pretend that they're not the hassle. The men are just the hassle. You mean the woman who has an entire kid and have no relationship with the father and expect the man to take care of that woman and the child? You talking about she's the one that's not coming with any problems? You got to be kidding me. She's going on planes with how much baggage she's carrying with her. For men, not caring about singles events is a significant improvement as they are accustomed to being treated as second-rate individuals. In a relationship with a woman like this, the order of importance is clear. She comes first, considered a stunning and brave queen, and any man is secondary. The hierarchy goes on, her children take second place, and the man soon realizes he played no role in fathering them. Her house and possessions are next on the list, including the car, which is given more importance than the man's motorcycle. Household pets, particularly cats, rank sixth and are often considered her furry children. Her furniture, carpets, wow. and household items take the seventh spot, with the guy being careful not to dirty them. The guy is also responsible for taking out the household garbage, serving as a reminder of his place in her life. Finally, the man's position in the relationship is almost insignificant, and he is allowed only a few possessions that she permits him to keep. The backlash against feminism seems to be growing evident. Associating with feminism could be detrimental to any man's success. Similarly, women are learning that mentioning feminism can be off-putting to men, causing them to walk away or ghost them. As time passes, it's possible that women will reevaluate their stance on feminism, and the feminist movement may face criticism and rejection. And once again, by the time a woman ever comes to this point, she is 35, unmanageable, undateable, and she's stuck in her ways. She's only made this decision out of finally being rational. But she had to go through a fucking train wreck. She had to go through the dick demolition derby in order to reach that point. And like I said, she's reached that point. Congratulations. Truly wish the best for her. The problem is guys don't give a shit about all that. Realistically, and this is for women out there who are looking for men who are really looking for men and you're not, you're not trying to play games and shit. You're going to have to be the one women to go up 
and tell it how it is. Because the man can't do what you can do. See, that's the advantage of the woman that she doesn't even know she has. She can be upfront about things. She can initiate a conversation. If she can do it in a normal setting, then she can do it with a man, but she chooses not to. She's too busy playing theater. Acting like somebody she isn't just to get your attention so she can do whatever she wants with her secret, uh, you know, ulterior motives and whatnot. And some of these ulterior motives, it isn't as bad. And what's the word I'm looking for? It, it isn't as. What's the word? I'm, I'm looking for this word. It isn't as like vicious or it isn't as personal as men may think, but their ulterior motives can simply be to find a man that supports her. That's a broad statement, right? Because how how does she want support? Well, today you can simply say women are materialistic, so it mostly comes financially. Other women know that they don't want to be in their late 20s, early 30s alone. So they'll make the proper changes themselves naturally because they're only going about how men treat them. With women and their activity and how they communicate, their their reception goes along with how men treat her. With men, it's it has really nothing to do with how women treat them because most men have already been taught that men generally don't give a, I mean, women generally don't give a fuck about men in terms of them having a hard time or nothing like that. They don't care. They've been taught that men are capable of doing things on their own. Men aren't as emotional. Um, Men don't have feelings all these things that women kind of come up with in this whole toxic masculinity um, narrative that they've came up with by doing this. They've revealed themselves as toxic femininity, which they don't have their toxic. Their toxic femininity is no femininity. You dig? That's their toxic femininity. The belief that a man is too masculine makes no sense. That would be like a woman. That would be like a man saying, well, you know, this woman is cool and all, but she's too feminine compared to all these tomboy wannabe nigga ass bitches. What the? Let's finish this video and finish this episode. We'll wrap this shit up right in time for midnight, right in time technically for Labor Day. Women desire meaningful relationships, and if things don't change, they may be the ones who suffer the consequences. Furthermore, advances in artificial intelligence and robotics are rapidly progressing. In a few decades, it might be possible for men to have synthetic girlfriends, oh, which no. could potentially disrupt traditional dating. And see, yeah, we're done. We'll stop it there. Anytime that that's mentioned, I'm always like, yeah, I'm done. There is no replacement to women. And women, there's no replacement for men. Men and women are better together than apart, but if both sides are all the way in their opposite end, maybe they are better apart than together. We already know with men going their own way, <clears throat> excuse me, we already know what men going their own way, MGTOW, 
We know this with certain subcultures within the red pill. I will say it like that. And the reason why I call it subcultures is because some guys will put the red pill outside of dating women to be irrelevant, where a guy will say, well, what do you need the red pill for if you're not dating women? And it's the most dumbest, stupidest question of all time, because these men that claim to be red pill are still pedestalizing women. They're still putting women above them. They're still simps. But because they, quote unquote, took the red pill, they can talk about other simps. No, nigga, you're a simp. You, sir, are a simp. Steve Harvey. Tell women. Be a woman. Think like a man. Your woman was thinking like a man because she was sleeping with your bodyguard and having you look like a fucking idiot. Now she's trying to run you through the fucking ringer. $200 million settlement, nigga. Bow down to your queen, Steve Harvey. You are a simp. Yes. I like to see retribution. All of these people that's been out here spreading bullshit, trying to put these bitches on a pedestal. Because Steve Harvey get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do what he does. Sometimes millions. He's in the millions right now. Okay. I don't feel sorry for him, for his situation. He's been telling women for the past five to ten years that men ain't shit today. Men need to step their game up and men are losing their opportunities with women because they're single mothers. You're goddamn right, bitch. Steve Harvey sound like a hoe. He has he has the talking points of a bitch. OK, of a disgruntled of a disgruntled fucking triggered bitch. That's Steve Harvey. Congratulations, kid. Um, Logan Paul. Apparently, his woman's a slut. What a surprise. It's Logan Paul. He doesn't seem like a high IQ type of guy. I'm just going to be honest. I realized, I forgot that he's a wrestler. He's he's in the WWE. I was playing uh, WWE 2K23. I bought it because it just came out. It's like sneakers to me. Certain video games. It's like, all right, I'll buy it just to collect it. You feel me? I may not even play it long. But I realized I forgot this nigga was in the fucking video game. You know how much money that is? All right. So when you're an athlete outside of professional wrestling, that's quote unquote sports entertainment. When you're in a basketball game, like NBA 2K. <coughs> you know how much money? Let me do. I want to look that up just to look it up. I want to see. It. I want to see. Real quick. All right. Um, cause I always wanted to, I always wanted to know how much a particular. No, I want to see. Um. No, nah, I don't want to look it up because this might stop the video. But I noticed this nigga in the video game. It's like, yo, how much you get paid a lot of money for being in that video game? 
that's not like a Google Play app type of video game. But you know what? It is midnight. I do want to wrap this up, but at the same time, I mentioned Steve Harvey. I want to go through a short video involving Steve Harvey's fuckery because I want to laugh at it. And I and I think it's worth laughing at. So we went from Tucker Carlson dropping red pills, dropping base pills, to Steve Harvey's wife cheating on him because he's a simp, okay? He's a peasant, okay? There's a, there's a channel called Rumored. Steve Harvey exposes secret affair. Oh, dude, I don't want to go. Oh, 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 not from him. No, no, stop it, bro. Stop it. Steve Harvey loses it after wife's shocking affair with bodyguard. Oh, my God. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. We cooking up. Midnight. Happy Labor Day, people. Cooking up. Hour and 15 minutes in. Lethal. Deadly. Epic. Epic episode. We're going to go through this clip because it's worth it. And, and, and I think it's worth, you know, mentioning. It's funny. Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. show you how close we were. Okay. Three days before she got married to Steve Harvey, we talked, and she told me. So, what did you just say? <laughs> no. She said, Jimmy, she said, uh, she said, Jimmy, you know what, Steve, he's, he's so much like my dad. In a recent and unexpected twist, the elegant spouse of renowned TV figure Steve Harvey is now entangled in a tumultuous family dispute that has the potential to fracture Ooh. their formerly harmonious blended family. Eliminated. Just as the situation appeared to reach its lowest point, Marjorie is facing fresh challenges with her ex-husband's revealing book about her checkered past, a publication that has ignited considerable controversy and garnered additional detractors. Going across the internet is untruth. You don't mind. Uh, I'm... So this is where, oh, okay. Damn, this is actually worth going through. Hopefully it's not too long, but wow. So Steve Harvey wrote a book. What a surprise. Steve Harvey writes another book. But in the book, he he exposes his wife. Is it his current wife or ex-wife for whatever? And that's becoming the issue. This This is different, man. I don't want to feel bad for Steve Harvey, but if I have to, I will. But I just don't at the moment. I think this is funny. I'm, I'm, I'm Laura's dad. However, the current storm has taken a new turn as Marjorie now contends with allegations of infidelity, a revelation that has <laughs> sent shockwaves rippling through the entertainment realm. Although she was in the process of establishing her own reputation, Marjorie's trajectory was halted by some eyebrow-raising secrets and a controversial history. During her initial marriage, Marjorie, then a mere 18 years old, crossed paths with an individual 14 years her senior. Period. That's what he called. called you a punk ass. Yeah, that's what he told Jason. I mean, you do look better than him. I think so, too. However, there's a twist to the story. So, going to apologize for the audio. I have to turn this up. There's the alleged guy who had the affair with uh, Steve Harvey's wife. 
the guy's old as hell, but I don't know. It is what it is. This man named Jim was already in a marriage, and Marjorie remained oblivious to the fact that Jim had a wife in the wings as their illicit affair ignited. Blew the can off of everything. What do you mean you didn't? You just two and two together. You just start putting two and two together. Driven by her emotions and impulsiveness, Marjorie took a drastic step. She discontinued her use of birth control pills and intentionally became pregnant. Her intention was to compel Jim to leave his existing wife, and indeed, Jim eventually chose to do so. <laughs> Come on now. See, this This is why I want every man to listen to this. This is why men like me choose to live the life that I live. When you, when you choose to get entangled with a woman, especially a woman, and see, this, is, this, this needs to be addressed. If you're dealing with a woman that's, that's willing to sleep with the next man or if you're dealing with a woman who's already with a man but who chooses you over that man it's obvious that later on in the future in one way shape or form or fashion she's going to choose the next best man over you it's a never ending cycle with some women Subsequently, the couple embarked on a marriage journey after a three-year courtship. However, their Little marital slut. bliss endured for oh, only about seven years, with nearly three years spent as husband and wife. While Eliminated. their relationship experienced its share of highs and lows, Little the hoe. unexpected twist came when her ex-husband faced a future conviction, catching everyone off guard. Marjorie's background was linked to you, oh, okay. and that's where I guess... You didn't know I was her first husband? I did not know. Okay. It was Mary Harvey that put us on game. Subsequently, both Marjorie and the alleged drug kingpin Jim L. Townsend oh, found themselves Jesus. under the scrutiny of the FBI and DEA. <laughs> Jim, who was already facing charges related to attempting to purchase 40 kilograms of a controlled substance, Felonies. received an... Felonies. <laughs> Lifer. Felonies. Information from higher authorities that Lifer. Marjorie was also a subject of suspicion. In response, he made a deal with the DEA, opting to accept rat. the consequences himself. Fucking rat. Rada. Basura, rada. Disgraciad. <laughs> what a mess. Niggas is turning into rats. What the? Self. Despite initially Rada. receiving a life sentence, he ended up serving only 26 years in prison. This was due to a pardon granted by then President Snitch. Barack Obama. Without the oh, pardon. Good job. Good job, Obama. What a mess. He would have faced a lifetime behind bars. Lifer. Examining Steve's eventful journey, Lifer. he entered matrimony with his initial wife, Marcy, back in 1980. Subsequently, their family welcomed twin daughters, Carly and Brandy, a couple of years later. During this period, Steve faced challenges in establishing his identity and worked as an insurance salesman. However, a foray into stand-up comedy proved fortuitous as he clinched a $1.50 first place prize. This victory prompted Steve to leave his insurance job and embark on a comedic path. Regrettably, Steve and Marsha's relationship encountered turbulence, culminating in their divorce in 1994. Reportedly, Steve's involvement with his second wife, Mary Shackelford, allegedly commenced while his divorce from his first wife... <laughs> Yo, no disrespect. <clears throat> but Steve Harvey's women were looking rough. The last one he had was probably the best one he had. 
The first one looked like a goddamn crackhead. All right, looked like a goddamn crackhead. You know what I mean? Smoking boulders of coke. What the fuck is old heads, man? That's these old niggas for y'all, man. They shack up with anybody. What the? Marsha was still underway. As time Looking progressed, like the fissures within their relationship became apparent, leading Mary to a growing realization that Steve's character might not align with her initial perceptions. Whispers of his alleged infidelity circulated, fostering a cloud of uncertainty. Despite these circumstances, Mary chose to confront the situation head-on, leveling accusations of unfaithfulness, along with claims of both physical and psychological mistreatment against Steve. Meanwhile, Marjorie and Steve crossed paths for the first time in 1990 during one of Steve's performances at a bar in Memphis, Tennessee. Their connection deepened over time, culminating in their marriage in 2007. The glamorous couple shared their journey yet eventually parted ways after a few weeks of being together. According to Marjorie, I knew he was the one shortly after I started dated him, but then he just left, disappeared. Steve explained that during that period he was grappling with financial challenges and was wholeheartedly dedicated to his career. He said, before a man can be of use to a woman, he's got to know who he is, what he does, and how much he's going to make. A decade. (laughs) The only reason why I'm laughing at that statement is because this isn't a man you would really take advice from. And this is common sense, people. Y'all taking relationship advice from a man who's been in three failed marriages. When are y'all gonna grant when are y'all gonna gain some perspective on yourself? And stop looking for other people to help you when you don't even when you know that these people don't know you. So how can they truly relate to you? How can they truly affect you? They can't. But y'all wanna think like a y'all wanna think like a man listening to Steve Harvey, three failed marriages, he's a fucking bona fide simp. He pretty much stated that the value of what he makes is his value of women. That tells you that he's an old head, he's a simp, and he probably tricking. He tricked bitches. Later in 2005, he and Marjorie found their path crossing again, and the timing seemed serendipitous. Steve's previous marriage to Mary Shackelford had recently concluded, coinciding with the completion of filming for his comedy series, The Steve Harvey Show. Steve's prior decision to distance himself from Marjorie during their initial dating phase was influenced by the complexities of his then marriage. In the midst of all the tumultuous events involving Jim, Marjorie, the fashion forward personality, transition into a new chapter of her life with another partner. This time, it was Jim's cousin, Darnell Woods, who captured her heart. Their union brought forth a daughter named Lori, further intertwining their lives. The revelation that Darnell also had ties to the substance trade, being Townsend's cousin, left many in astonishment. However, <laughs> legal consequences <laughs> caught up with Darnell, Felonies. leading to his incarceration. Niggas. Marjorie's journey... Felonies. Niggas. <laughs> Niggas. Felonies. Felonies, niggas. We gotta add felonies, niggas.
journey continued as she once more navigated the path of divorce, finalizing the process Niggas. in 2001. I don't know Donnell if he walked up right now and smacked me. I wouldn't know him. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know him now because I've seen pictures of him on the internet and all like that. But. In a surprising development that has reverberated across the entertainment industry, there are swirling rumors suggesting that Marjorie Harvey, the elegant spouse of Steve Harvey, may be engaged in a sensational affair with none other than Steve's personal bodyguard, William Big Boom Freeman. In case you're not familiar with him, an inquiry conducted by Radar Online has unveiled unsettling facts about Freeman's background. It has come to light that Freeman, who serves as Harvey's trusted aide, has a troubling history as a former pimp and openly acknowledges mistreating women. (laughs) Big Boom. You telling me a man named Big Boom is out here pimping bitches? A man named Big Boom? I thought Big Boom was a fucking nigga sounds like an exterminator. He sounds like a, a liquidator. Nigga sound like an assassin. Big Boom. With little situations like this. And I thought I'd ask them to come out and help me. As stated in his personal website biography, Freeman openly acknowledges that he once engaged in exploiting women to satisfy his desire for power and self-assurance during his days as a pimp. He asserts that he has since transformed his life, presenting himself as a respected speaker, author, and celebrity bodyguard. Freeman's biography underscores his proficiency in delivering... You know, I would have to... I would actually read that. (coughs) I would read it. (coughs) I might look it up later on. Because it sounds like an interesting read. You know, a former pimp, former whoremonger, a former whoremonger, as the good book would express, turned into a bodyguard and just a positive person. I think that's a good, that seems like a good read, in my personal opinion. ...either overt or discreet protective services to prominent clients based on the level of threat or potential risk. Yes. With more. Yeah. It was just so many... Darnell. Darnell. It was so many men. Like, I'm just like, damn, Marjorie? <laughs> Internet users have been closely observing both Marjorie's historical and current circumstances, sharing their opinions and sentiments. One of them wrote, There was always something about her that I never liked. It's just that feeling that you get when you know someone has bad vibes. And I know I never <laughs> met the woman, but then... <laughs> Never met the woman, but has all this bad shit to say. Sounds like a modern woman to me. Remember I talked about this a couple episodes ago, how bitches will just spend their free time kicking each other's backs in. Do you do you not need a better example than this? And gut instincts never lie. Another added, this just goes to show you another woman doesn't care about another woman's pain as long as she gets the man. Not in all cases, but in this case and other cases. The startling claims of a romantic involvement between Marjorie Harvey and William Big Boom Freeman have triggered a flurry of speculation and led to inquiries regarding Big the solidity of tricking. Harvey's marital relationship. She's tricking. She's tricking. <laughs> She's tricking. With Big Boom, all right? Big Boom. She's tricking. And the seemingly flawless dynamics of their blended family. Listen, the untold truth. Snakes of the God and the untold truth. I'm just setting the record straight. We're putting the link below. 
As Marjorie's association with Big Boom began to wane, the ongoing drama between Steve Harvey and his former wife Mary oh, seemed God, to be settling like down. Yet Coke just when she looked like a cray. Alright, she looked like a crackhead. Alright, smoking big boulder rocks. It appeared that their acrimonious dispute was fading. It has resurfaced with renewed intensity. Despite Steve's transition from Mary to his present spouse, Marjorie, the lingering hostility between them remains steadfast. And she never tried to stop you from putting this out. However, Mary has persistently leveled accusations against Steve, alleging disloyalty, abuse, and self-centeredness during their tumultuous marriage. What In response, Steve has shown his... Is it really Is it really that much of a surprise, though? Could there be a surviving Steve Harvey? You see, and the reason I ask this question is, of course you guys know what I'm referring to, surviving R. Kelly. Um, these black entertainers view themselves as gods. And some of those people, in order to protect their reputation, they have to associate their name with God. So a lot of these people, like Steve Harvey, becomes so-called Christian. But what is the reputation of a Steve Harvey? A simp? who's allegedly abusive behind the scenes, another celebrity who's self-centered, another celebrity who thinks too highly of himself. What a shock. Determination by filing a lawsuit against Mary, claiming that she obstructed his efforts to establish a talk show. Refusing to remain passive, Mary turned to YouTube to unveil what she perceives as Steve's wrongdoing. Through her recent YouTube videos, Mary presented compelling evidence of Marjorie's Listen, man, this is all great because this is explaining multiple things that I've talked about in the past where a woman, even a woman who's down bad, the ex-wife, she's down bad. She's not going to find a man who makes as much money as Steve Harvey. That I can tell you is a fact. That is facts. Okay. so that being said, In order for her to stay afloat, in order for her to stay relevant, and she can kill two birds, multiple birds with one stone by bashing Steve Harvey and still exposing a man that she was she was no longer with to begin with, but was no longer married to. So it's a clout chase. Even if Steve if Steve Harvey was really abusive, she would expose him years ago. If Steve Harvey, and I'm not saying that he wasn't because I don't know the man, but for me, listening to how the situation starts where she creates a YouTube channel just to expose Steve Harvey or she's been abused from Steve Harvey for years or this happened years ago. So why is she opening her mouth now while Steve Harvey has problems with his current ex-wife? crazy. Steve Harvey is getting demolished. All right. Destroying this man. 
Zachary's long-standing involvement with Steve. Armed with text messages as corroborative proof, Mary accused Steve of abandoning her, leaving her in financial distress while simultaneously lavishing Marjorie with opulent luxuries. As Steve showered Marjorie with lavish comforts, she was purportedly devising various strategies to potentially betray him and enjoy the limelight. Never... <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Damn, if this was anybody else rather than Steve Harvey, I would actually feel sorry for him, man. And trust me, I don't hate anybody. I don't have that big of an issue with Steve Harvey besides the fact that he's a simp and he teaches women to have the attitude to expect more while offering little to nothing. Sure. But damn, man. This man, <laughs> they're trying to take him out. Ex-wife is trying to, ex-wife, the current ex-wife was coming up with a plan, allegedly. Then the wife before that is trying to expose him as being in a monster and being abusive. This man is going through it. Nevertheless, prevailing speculation hints that this seemingly conventional family might harbor considerable dysfunction. A recent source disclosed to Radar Online that tensions simmer beneath the surface in the Harvey household, attributing it to Marjorie's persistent focus on arranging a prosperous marriage for Lori and actively promoting her in the public eye, seemingly sidelining her other children. This dynamic has fueled conjectures, suggesting Marjorie's motivations might extend to financial gain. One person said, it's too late for her to tell her daughter about giving yourself away. Money should never be a factor for love. Another person added, Marjorie doesn't even have a relationship with her daughter Morgan anymore because her husband isn't rich and famous. Presently, Marjorie <laughs> is relishing the fulfillment of her desires, transitioning from the spouse of a notorious drug dealer to gracing the Grammy's <laughs> red carpet and attending various NGOs opening ceremonies. Marjorie has undoubtedly realized her aspirations, emerging with a seemingly transparent reputation. That's it for today folk she's a woman I wouldn't say she's two-faced but I mean she's definitely better looking than all of his other wives so he he did he definitely upgraded you know what I'm saying shout out to Steve Harvey for that he definitely upgraded the first joint he had didn't look too good wasn't looking good at all champ she was looking mighty dusty, light skin and dusty. How can you be light skin and ashy? Bitches, light skin, ashy, dusted, busted and disgusted. Okay. First one was looking faulty. Second one was looking even worse. The joint you got right now, I mean, the joint you had right now was all right, but she out here. Fucking with dope boys, trying to get you set up. You don't even know it. What the? Can't trust a soul. What the? Oh, Steve. Steve Harvey. Oh, boy. Mm-mm-mm. Niggas is just out here... Niggas is out here giving faulty information, telling bitches to think like a man, but his bitch is running game on him. What the? This can't be life. Really, this can't be. 
Well, for Steve, that's his. That's that's Steve Harvey's life. All that money, what niggas learn from it? Nothing. You want to be an old head and go through all this bullshit with bitches? Are you retarded? No. I know a lot of y'all ain't slow. You Steve Harvey, you got to have something wrong with you. I said this shit a long time ago back when, um, cause I used to, I used to watch, uh, Kings of Comedy <clears throat> all the time. <clears throat> used to watch that shit all the time. Bernie Mac was always the guy. I don't give a fuck what anybody wants. We can fight over this. Steve Harvey ain't funnier than fucking Bernie Mac. He did. He gone. He gone. He did. He ain't funnier. He ain't funnier than Bernie Mac. Any fucking day of the week. Stop it. If Bernie Mac wasn't in the movie, if Bernie Mac wasn't in Kings of Comedy, that shit would have been corny. Cedric the Entertainer is not funny to me. D.L. Hughley is not funny to me. Bernie Mac, that nigga's hilarious. That nigga's That nigga was Kings of Comedy. Fuck a Steve Harvey, man. I mean, on comedy, but he knew what he was doing because not too long after he did Kings of Comedy, I think less than 10 years later, he was pretty much, uh, what the fuck was this guy doing at that point? Because after, after, because he did, uh, he was going back into, no, he was doing radio. That's it. He got into radio and then radio worked out for him. Just somewhere down the line, uh, Family Feud got in contact with him, and he became the next Family Feud guy. So he was one of those guys. In a lot of ways, he stayed relevant, but he kind of he had to he had to pretty much tone his shit down. So he couldn't be as controversial as he was on stage, but. He wasn't too played out to where he was just super PG. So he had a balance. But outside of that, the books, the Think Like a Man book, that shit could cause problems around the board. Books like that, especially from a man, you expect this shit today by radical feminists to be writing some shit like think like a man. You expect that to be out there. What you don't expect is a black. He black. He a black. You don't expect a black to do this shit. And and, and and cape is such a in such a way. This man's caping formation is irredeemable. He's an irredeemable. This is a reality. He is Steve Harvey to men. He's an irredeemable character. He's an irredeemable. His qualities are irredeemable. He's willing to kick a man's back end to get shekels from a bitch. That's really what it is. It's selling the book. It's selling a product. It's throwing men under the bus. It's talking shit about men behind the scenes to get a bigger check. Guys like Steve Harvey, I don't care what people tell me. He's a person that I just can't respect. As a comedian, 
and as whatever the fuck he is, relationship coach, love guru, a failure. That's what he is. Divorce, what, three times? Wrap it up, bud. Wrap it up, champ. Hang it up. Gotta be fucking kidding me. Next thing you know, this nigga's gonna be giving men advice on how to how to keep a woman. Nigga, stay in your place. You in the doghouse. Your hoe put you in the doghouse years ago. All these ex ex wives you had put you in the doghouse. You didn't have what it took, champ. And you the one that's being taken advantage of by these women. Bitches made a life. Bitches made a living and made a life off of your name. And you still out here telling men that they fucking up. What type of shit are you on? See, me, I love talking shit. You know why? Because I don't got any bastard children running around. I didn't splooge into a woman and just left her. I didn't do none of that shit. So I can sit back and talk all the shit I want. I didn't make irresponsible decisions. Or my irresponsible decisions didn't involve bringing another life into this world. Thank the Lord above. Praise God. Praise Jesus. I did not allow myself to go that far. There's people I know, they can't say that. (laughs) Can't say that. Can't say that at all. I think my day is pretty much set today because when I wake up, well, I'm going to upload both recordings now, but when I wake up, wake up in the morning, eight or nine, maybe 10, I might play some more video games. Um... I can upload the episode I did last, which was uh, a couple hours ago. And then around noon, I can upload this episode. And then around noon, I can record the next episode for that night. So I'm set. Action packed episode is always an impromptu episode because at first I just wanted to go over Tucker Carlson, but I didn't want to just do something under an hour, so I wanted to spice things up. Pretty much just did a two-hour episode last time. We're going to be at an hour and 45 when I wrap this up. So as I always say, in the meantime, and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah on the special edition episode, Sunday Night Heat Part 2 officially Labor Day, Jersey Judah, the Crimson Capsule Chapel, and don't get it twisted, this ain't the last episode of Labor Day, we still got another episode, but until next time, I'm out, peace.